Welcome to episode 52 of Real Travels and welcome to 2022. I'm your host, Lisa Iannucci, the author of the travel books On Location, a film and TV lover's travel guide, and Road Trip, a sports lover's travel guide. I'm hoping this podcast inspires you to travel this year to destinations that have been used in some of your favorite movies and TV shows. Let's get started. Hi, everyone, and Happy New Year. I took a break because 2021 and I were not really getting along. (laughs) After I had talked about my mom and then my dental surgery, my mom then went and fractured her back, which really kind of sidelined everything for the rest of the year. So I just had to admit and finally learned it's okay to do so that I just couldn't keep up with everything. I couldn't keep up with my writing work that I had to do, take care of my mom, do the two podcasts and other things I wanted to do. So I figured I would just take a pause and come back once things had settled down a little bit. And fortunately, mom, who turned 86 on December 22nd, is improving and I have a little more time to play catch up. So let's hope that continues going in the right direction. Fingers crossed, but I'm afraid to do anything and even give 2022 the inkling that things might be going okay. But I really do hope that everything is going well with you guys out there. I know that as I speak, there's still the Omicron, Omicron, however you pronounce it, variant going on out there and travel is still iffy. But just try to do something that you maybe can do a park or something even smaller, closer to home to give you a little bit of a taste of your travel bug uh, if you can't get out and do anything on a bigger scale. But if you are planning on doing something, what are you planning on doing? I'd love to know. Have you anything fun planned, any film locations you're seeing, or fan fest, again, barring any cancellations? I'd love to hear them. Um, So please feel free to email me or to contact me through Instagram or Facebook, however you want. I'd love to know what your plans are this year. Now, if you need some inspiration, try looking at the relatively new realtravelsmagazine.com site where you'll find articles on film locations for The Matrix, the Christmas movies you just enjoyed, including Hallmark movies, which really became my escape this year, and I thoroughly enjoyed many of them, and other TV and film locations as well. And even though the holidays are over, the holiday gift guide might spark some ideas for birthday gifts or just whatever gifts. I love whatever gifts. Now, I can share with you what I've been enjoying lately. Uh, First of all, let's start with the new season of Emily in Paris. I'm about halfway through with it, and I love it. And it's on Netflix. And in case you didn't see the first one, first season, go back and see it. And I have to tell you, France was on my list years ago to see. I haven't seen it yet. And then it kind of fell down a little bit because I added other places that I wanted to see even more than I wanted to see France. But I can say that thanks to Emily in Paris, it's definitely moved back up the list a little bit. Not only is this a great show, but I just keep looking around the characters at the background and I just keep falling in love with it more and more. And it makes me just want to book my ticket now. So what else have I been watching? Hallmark Christmas movies, Hallmark Christmas movies, Hallmark Christmas movies. Oh, and Venom Let There Be Carnage, which I gave an 8 because it was much too short. 
But let's talk about the Christmas movies. So I really had never tuned into Hallmark Christmas movies before, and I kind of was one of those people who always teased my friends who were obsessed with them. And now I'm going to get teased because I absolutely loved watching them. I still have some, even after the new year, that have recorded that I haven't had a chance to watch yet. And I do plan on watching them even after the new year and Christmas is over and all the decorations have been put away. I'm still going to sit there and watch Christmas movies and not even feel remotely guilty about any of it. So let's talk a little bit about it. So first of all, I had two favorites for the year. And I had a lot that I liked, but two favorites. And one of them was actually not on Hallmark, but my first Christmas movie that I really enjoyed was the first Princess Switch on Netflix with Vanessa Hudgens. Now, there are three of them, but the second one hasn't kept my interest as much, so I really doubt I'll even watch the third one. But the first one was great, and I gave it a solid nine. And I get teased, too, because I'm not really a big Vanessa Hudgens fan, and luckily I can't see if any of you are throwing tomatoes at the screen or your <laughs> wherever you're listening to me. But... I wasn't, I'm going to be completely honest, but she converted me a little bit on this one. So, you know, good for her. Um, this was, you know, good series. I know a lot of people enjoyed it, a good tr uh, trilogy. I did not really enjoy the second one as much. So I did the first one and again, gave it a solid nine and it was good. I absolutely enjoyed it. Now, the other Christmas movie that really took number one spot for me was a timeless Christmas, and that was a Hallmark Christmas movie. And it was about Charles Whitley, who traveled from 1903 to 2020, where he meets Meghan Turner and experiences a 21st century Christmas. That doesn't do it justice. What I liked was <clears throat> Ryan Pavey, I believe you pronounce his last name. Um, he really pulled me in from the beginning. He plays Charles Whitley, who gets pulled into 2020, wakes up in what was his house, where now there are people doing those tours of the place and acting out being him and the other people who used to live there because it's historical and they give these tours. And now he looks exactly like, obviously, the original Charles Whitley because he is the original Charles Whitley. And nobody believes him at first except for Megan. And Megan and he have to figure out how to get him back to 1903. Uh, and that's what I'm going to leave you with. And then does he get back there? Does he not? Um, what happens between him and Megan? Uh, it was just the perfect rom-com for me this season. Um, so some of the other movies I watched are Love Hard, which I gave an 8. I also watched A Kiss Before Christmas. I gave it an 8. Christmas Getaway got a 7. Reba McIntyre's Christmas in Tune got an 8. A Christmas Dance Reunion with Corbin Blue, who my daughter is a huge Corbin Blue fan from his old high school musical days. And I actually watched him on, and I don't have it written down in front of me, but it was a remake of um, A White Christmas. And he danced in it, and I thought he was fantastic in it. And then when I saw that she wanted to watch this, I watched it with her, and I really enjoyed it. It got a 7.5 for me, but that's a good 7.5. Some of the writing was a little off, 
but overall, um, his acting and the storytelling was, was pretty good. Um, the Christmas House 2, I never saw The Christmas House 1, <laughs> and I had it to go back and watch, but I jumped ahead and watched The Christmas House 2. I really enjoyed it. Um, I gave it an 8. I like Jonathan Bennett in movies um, as well as on baking shows, but I like him in movies, and I definitely would see him in something else or anything else that he's pretty much in. Um, a Timeless Christmas, as I mentioned, got a solid 9.5 for me. Princess Christmas with Katie McGrath got an 8 for me. My daughter, my other daughter recommended that I watch that because she's a huge Katie McGrath fan. And um, that one did not disappoint. It was very good. I really, I really liked it. And then The Most Wonderful Time of the Year with Henry Winkler and Brooke, Brooke, Brooke <laughs> I don't going to say Brooke's name wrong, Brooke Burns, um, was very cute. I enjoyed that as well. So I know that I didn't give you a lot of synopsis on what they were all about. If you see one that, you know, I said, hey, I really love it, you want to go check it out, that's fine. But I don't want to give you the whole synopsis. You decide really kind of what you want to watch if you're still into watching Christmas movies after the new year. So if you like Hallmark and Christmas, or Lifetime Christmas movies, there's an article on realtravelsmagazine.com about all the filming that happens in Ottawa every single time that I looked at a movie, and I was like, where is it filmed? Of course it was filmed in Canada. It was either filmed in Ottawa or Vancouver, which are very popular spots for filming Christmas movies. And you might want to take a look in case you ever feel like visiting Ottawa. We have a, a writer who has been there and tells you about all the different things that were filmed there and what you should see, etc. So I think you'd enjoy it. So now on to the interview of the week where we go from talking about the cold weather of Ottawa and Vancouver and holiday movies to the warmth of Florida with its sandy beaches. On today's episode of Real Travels, I'm chatting with Peter Cranus, who's the executive director of Florida's Space Coast Office of Tourism, which includes 72 miles of beaches and other spaces that have been used for the filming locations of many space-related TV shows and movies. And we're going to get into the ones they are including, which and one of my favorites from when I was little, and you'll hear me talk about it um, as the interview goes on. And most recently, portions of the Disney Plus documentary, The Right Stuff, was filmed there, and fans can actually enjoy many of the experiences from the show when they come to visit. So once again, there might be some noise on this interview. Sorry about that. But I am investing in a new microphone for the new year. Merry Christmas to me. So that should be gone soon. Enjoy the interview, and I'll see you on the other side. Hey, Peter, welcome to the show. Well, thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. It's, uh, it's very exciting. It is very exciting to have you here, too, because what what you have to talk about, how much filming has gone on down where you are, and the things that are, are happening, it's it's just... It's a bustling area, and when you're sitting here freezing in 40-degree weather in New York City, you think about Florida, right? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, uh, you know, we're we're entering that time of year where people begin to think about going south for the winter, so uh, there's no better place than the Space Coast to do that. Well, save me a hotel room. I'll be down soon. <laughs> All right, sounds good. So tell me a little bit about what you do and about the area that you cover in terms of tourism. Sure, sure. Well, we're the Space Coast Office of Tourism. Um, our job is to, uh, among other things, promote the area. Uh, we are in Brevard County, Florida, which if you're not familiar with exactly where Kennedy Space Center is, 
we're south of Daytona Beach and just east of Orlando. So um, we do have uh, an airport in Melbourne. Melbourne, Florida is, uh, is the closest airport. And then the Orlando International Airport, of course, is very close as well, um, probably uh, maybe 45 minutes away. So we're, uh, we're right on the Atlantic Ocean, and uh, we're 72 miles of beautiful beaches. Um, we have Cocoa Beach is, is another place that a lot of people may have heard of before. Um, of course, I dream of genie fame. Um, but we, you know, we talk about the area, we promote the area to tourists, and, uh, and we do quite well in that area. Well, first I got to tell you, a few years ago I came down to Kennedy Space Center, and it is seriously one of the coolest trips I've ever taken. I, I loved it. I mean, I it, it's, it. and even if you don't think that you're an astronaut or a space kind of person, you leave there fascinated and wanting to do it again. It, it was incredible. Well, first of all, we're the only place in the United States where American astronauts have launched from American soil, uh, uh, you know, in the, in the 60s and 70s and also through uh, 80s and 90s with the shuttle program and uh, into actually into the early 2000s up until 2011, uh, which now seems like it was a very long time ago, but I, I was living here and have been here since the beginning of the shuttle program, and, um, you know, they launched many, many times, and, you know, it never gets old. It never gets old to watch a rocket launch, and it certainly never gets old to watch a crude launch where, where you know human beings are on that spaceship, and they're going into, you know, the great beyond where, where not many people have been before. Um, and they've just now started uh, launching uh, humans from other from other parts of the country, but you know we were the first and, and probably have the most launches of any single area in the, in the U.S. In fact, probably in the world. Um, you know, there's a lot of launches. Obviously, Russia does quite a bit and China, but um, we're we're right up there with them. So we we are very proud of our our uh, history when it comes to space and and um, now we're going we're on the brink of space tourism where you know the average person can you know get an opportunity to buy a ticket and possibly uh, take that take that trip so it's a, it's an exciting place to be and we have a lot of history but we also have a lot um, looking forward you know it's funny because it kind of gives a new meaning to when you had the honeymooners and Jackie Gleason going to the moon, Alice. And nowadays, if somebody were to say that, they'd be like, "Sign me up! I'm ready." <laughs> so let me ask you, like now, because obviously you have this this huge connection with the space center and everything. Hollywood has come calling and and has been a, a huge part of your area's history. Talk a little bit about kind of the movies that have been filmed there um, with, with that concept in mind. Gosh, I mean, it's incredible when you think about the list of, of movies that, and, and maybe movies even people have seen, um, but didn't realize that part of it might have been filmed here. You know, they might have had a segment in it, but um, you know, think about the movie, um, of course, Apollo 13, which was all about the space program, all the way to um, Operation Dumbo Drop, which was a Disney movie that was <laughs> built here in the mid-90s, and they used some of the Space Center as backdrop. Um, so we've had you know, Transformers, uh, Armageddon, Space Cowboy. 
series. Um, more, most recently, the right stuff, the TV series that runs on Disney Plus, um, was filmed here. So a lot of space theme movies, of course, but but also some some non space theme movies have, have been here as well. With you know just having a, that as a sort of a backdrop. So have you had people come down there specifically to say, I want to see where this scene of fill-in-the-blank movie has been filmed? Yeah, I mean, we do get that. And, and uh, you know, there are um, there are ways to see some of that. It, it's uh, interesting because some of the things that were sort of behind the scenes are actually off limits to, to us today. So if you... You know, if you want to go see something that is actually on Kennedy Space Center, you have to go to the visitor complex and book a tour and go on their transportation and they'll take you. Um, and uh, and sometimes those things, because we're, it's an active, um, you know, launch uh, complex, you know, they may have some things that are blocked off that you can't go see when you come down because they're getting ready to launch the next rocket. So it's really interesting, um, but there there are places that you can go to see some things, and there's a lot of history around it. Um, so it, you know that that's very exciting. Um, you know when you're when you get to kind of get that sneak sneak peek that you know not everybody maybe can can get to see that. Um, but you know one of the things we also have Canaveral, what's now called Canaveral Space Force Station, it used to be Canaveral Air Force Station, but of course. Uh, as you know, the Space Force is now a new branch of the military. Um, and on Canaveral Space Force Station property, there's a couple of opportunities to do tours, guided tours, where they'll take you to some of the old launch pads. And a lot of these movies, they'll go to the older launch pads because they know they can get access to them. And uh, you can see where Apollo 13, um, Armageddon, and, uh, and Space Cowboys, Contact uh, and Transformers uh, was filmed um, on their property, and so that's a kind of a neat tour if you can, you know, get out there and, and do a tour of the old uh, the old complexes that are on the Space Force station. Before we get to one of my favorite things that I love talking about and wanted to talk about, which was I Dream of Genie, um, yes. I wanted to ask you, like, are there better times if if I'm a visitor coming down, are there better times for visiting through the year to see these things, or is it really kind of a hit or miss depending on when you come down? Yeah, I mean, I think the first thing is thinking about um, when is a good time to travel to Florida in general. Uh, like right now is a great time because um, the crowds are <clears throat> a little bit less. You know, you're not in the middle of spring break or the summer season, uh, which are our high seasons. So you're, you know, you're kind of between now and February. You're sort of in, a, in the off-season window, and of course, when it's cold somewhere else, it's great to be down here when it's nice and balmy. It's I think a balmy 85 today and sunny, so it's you know, it's like that most of most of the winter. Um, so that's one thing. The other thing is, you know, checking launch schedules. If you want to see a launch while you're here. <clears throat> you know, trying to time it with that is a great thing. Um, but if you want to be able to get on base and see some of the things that are are more historic and nostalgic from a from a film perspective, it's better to do it when there aren't launches planned because 
Um, like I said, sometimes when there's launches, everything gets a little bit more locked down and it's a little more restrictive. Mm-hmm. So 80-something degrees and bomb. Thanks. You know, you just said that because I told you it was like 40 degrees in New York. You just had to throw yeah. that temperature in. <laughs> I remember those days, and I and I was very happy when my parents decided to move me down here when I was a, when I was a young lad. So I, I have a lot to thank them for because I never left. Well, you did miss, though. New York has an incredible fall season with a changing of the leaves. You don't get that in Florida. You don't get those changing no, of the leaves. No, you don't get much of a changing of the seasons here. Yeah, and I know that that is something that a lot of people miss when they're when they live down here. They're like, wait, we didn't we didn't get the fall. Where, where did what happened? <laughs> exactly. So I'll I'll take October in in New York, but maybe the rest of the winter down there. There you go. There you go. <laughs> so am I am I a rare bird here who loved? Uh, I dream a genie, or do you get a lot of people who are like, I need to no. see that that state? Don't you have her bottle down there too? We have we have actually one of the bottles uh, um, that was used on set. We have, and um, there are a few that are floating around there. They're hard to come by. Um, a lot of the original props from that. TV show, which, by the way, I grew up with. So, yes, I'm, I'm a big fan and love Barbara Eaton and Larry Hagman and, and the whole, you know, the whole crew and uh, watched many, many episodes uh, over and over again as I was growing up and um, always wanted to live down here because of that. And I think a lot that's the reason why a lot of people come here, you know, is because they hear Cocoa Beach. Well, you know, not, all, of course, many I think people know, you know, with Hollywood, most of that show was filmed out in L.A. It wasn't filmed here, but there were segments that were filmed here, and, of course, the outside of the house and some of the exteriors and, of course, some of the, uh, the shots on the um, on the um, uh, actual base were real shots. But, you know, most of the, the indoor stuff, that was all shot at, at a studio. Um, but there are definitely things like like that that you can come in and see and um you know we have little memorials which i think are always kind of cool uh lori wilson park which is a one of the main parks in uh, Cocoa beach there's i dream of genie lane and of course lots of people love to take pictures by that and there's a plaque uh, over over by it and you know there, there are things like that but unfortunately a lot of the like the, a lot of the restaurants the show ended for any kind of reunions or anything like that? 
Yeah, they never did a big reunion here. Um, Barbara Eaton has been here several times. In fact, um, she was here uh, probably about seven or eight years ago. She came um, to make an appearance at uh, an event that they had. They had a, a road race, and they were having a costume contest, and a lot of the runners dressed up as, as um you know, uh, as Jeannie, and so she awarded the the, uh, the prize for the costume contest and came to made made appearance and signed autographs and things like that. But to my knowledge, the entire crew, you know, the whole crew, never really came back. And fortunately, you know, Larry Hagman is is gone, and um, and uh, you know, a lot of a lot of the um, original uh, players are, are no longer with us. pictures of her at 90 years old and uh, she looks better at 90 than I do at 56. I mean... Maybe that water that, you know, who knows the water down there. Maybe she dove in and it's one of those, you know, what do they call that? The the aging, the fountain, oh, fountain, fountain of fountain youth. Of yeah. yeah. I'm going to come back and dive in. <laughs> well, yeah, there's something about that salt water. It is mm-hmm. serious, so. How do people find out about the events that you have going on in the area, make hotel reservations, things like that? Sure. Well, the easiest way is to come into our website, visit spacecoast.com. We have um, we have a link to all the hotels, so you can book your hotel. But we also have uh, a uh, event calendar, and the calendar has all kinds of great things. We have lots of really fun events here. Um, you know, there's sports, there's a lot of food events. If you're a foodie, um, of course, you know we are known for our fresh seafood being right on the ocean. And um, so there's a lot of seafood festivals and things like that. So we, we're big on our festivals. We like our events. Um, we have also, because we have not only Cape Canaveral Space Force Station, but Patrick Space Force Base. Um, so we have, you know, basically two Space Force entities here. Um, we have a uh, several major air shows throughout the year, usually in the springtime. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something fun if you've never seen an air show. A lot of times they'll have the Thunderbirds or the Blue Angels or some you know major team like that come, and uh, and that's really fun. And then they also have T1 um, boat racing. So if you're a big fan of of uh, watching uh, the, those real high speed boats uh, do their thing, um, mm-hmm. we have one of their races here, and that happens in uh, the month of May. Um, so there's you know we have a lot of things, and they're all listed. Awesome. Well, Peter, thank you so much. I love talking about all this stuff, the filming and, and I Dream of Genie. It's so much fun, and uh, I really do appreciate that you took the time out to come on today. Thank you. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thank you. 
Peter, thank you so much for stopping by. This week, not over yet, we have a special Celebrity Minute. And our special celebrity guest is Michelle Danner, who is an international film director and acting coach. Her student list includes James Franco, Seth MacFarlane, Salma Hayek, Henry Cavill, Zoe Deschanel, Gerard Butler, Chris Rock, Chris Martin, Penelope Cruz, Michael Pena, Michelle Rodriguez, Kate Del Castillo, and many others. Let's listen to what Michelle's favorite film travel location has been. Hi, I'm Michelle Danner, Hollywood acting coach and film director. I have always been fascinated by the locations in the film The Talented Mr. Ripley, directed by Anthony Minghella. Jude Law, Matt Damon, and Gwyneth Paltrow are on this beautiful beach, and I always said, it looks just magical. Where is this on the face of this earth? Well, it turns out that it was filmed on the island of Ischia, where I was just invited to screen my latest feature film, The Runner, at the Ischia Global Film Festival. I was thrilled to be there and be able to explore the island with the picturesque streets and the castle. The beaches are beautiful, sandy beaches. The water of the Mediterranean is crystal clear, and everything is so green on these volcanic cliffs definitely a place that needs to be put on your vision board. Ischia. Michelle, thank you so much for sharing that. Peter, thank you for stopping by again, and thank you all so much for tuning in. Please leave me a review or a rating. It really helps me out. If you leave me a review and I read it on the air, I will send you a free Real Travel sticker. You can find them on Society6 if you want to purchase one. It's my special thank you to you. Please follow me on Instagram at The Virgin Traveler. I'd love to hear about your film and TV travels and what you think of the podcast. And if you're a real traveler and want to come on and share your travel stories, let me know. Thanks so much, and I'll see you next time.